Hello and welcome back to the CTB show. We've made it after a very, very long wait. We are one, one day away from the NFL draft. I'm Thomas Parkinick as always, joined by Christian Catanacci. Cat, what's going on, man? Are you are you pumped or what? Oh yeah, what is it? It's more like 30, 32 hours, 33 hours until the draft. Um, depending on when you're listening, I am absolutely ecstatic. Uh, the first round Thursday night, it's honestly, it's one of the best productions. It's one of the best football days of the year. I think, um, the first round of the NFL draft, I actually think the first two days, um, obviously from a production standpoint, the second day is not the same, but man, I look forward to every single year is Thursday night, first round of the NFL draft. And I can't believe we're just a day away. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe it's the, the bias inside of me, but I, you don't quite get the feeling with other sports drafts that you do with the NFL draft. Oh, and, and maybe not. it's the fact that there's so many different positions to pick from in, in the NFL. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, you pick these guys a little later on in their careers. Whereas, you know, a sport like the NHL or MLB, you're, you're taking flyers on these prospects that maybe aren't going to play for so long. Like, you're literally getting a guy, especially on day one, that's going to fit into your lineup next year. And he could very well be an impact player. Look at the draft just, you know, two, three years ago, the 2020 draft. Cincinnati had the first overall pick. They've been to an AFC championship pretty much every year since then. You know, the Chargers completely turned around their franchise getting Justin Herbert. Like, the NFL's slogan, their, their catchphrase is, is greatness is on the clock. And, and I really think you feel that with the NFL draft. And this year in particular just feels... Like, I, I want to say, oh, I feel like we say this every year, but but we don't. We don't have a draft like this quite every year because there's so much intrigue. There's so much speculation, and it honestly starts right at the top of the draft. Like, we we have no clue what's going to happen on Thursday night. Zero idea. I, I agree, Pac. And you look at, everyone goes, oh, we never know what's going to happen. That's not necessarily true, though. Like, you at least have an idea in, in, in the past who's going where and in the first at least top five, top six picks. This draft, the uncertainty starts right at number two with, with Houston, right? Like, everyone thought they were shooing to draft one of the top two quarterbacks, whether that was Bryce Young or CJ Shroud. Whatever one fell to them at two, they were going to take. And as this process began to unfold and, and as we get closer to draft night, all of a sudden, there's like... This talk about how D'Amico Ryans wants a defensive end or a defensive um, cornerstone to develop um, because they don't like the quarterbacks there. And at first, I didn't buy it, right? I was like, how don't you take C.J. Stroud? Like, how do you sit here and say, we're going to roll back Davis Mills in the same exact offense that we did last year, and that's that? I mean... I'm not sure what I thought of it, but as we get closer, I think I'm completely off the whole idea that Houston's taking a quarterback at two. I think they're realistically going either Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. And if they go someone else, I will genuinely be shocked. And it's it's kind of amazing that, one, it's not even that they're, they're not going to take a quarterback and, okay, bam, we know who they're going to take on the defensive side of the ball because Will Anderson has been the consensus number one defensive prospect 
really since like January, maybe even yeah. dating back to further. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Tyree Wilson, it's almost like a Trayvon Walker type ascent like he had last year. And you can understand why, because I do think there are some similarities in the player. Tyree Wilson, he's pretty raw, very, very athletic. And I think when NFL scouts and NFL GMs watch him play, you can see a very, very high ceiling. Um, like, man, it is very, very interesting. And we even got a little bit of intrigue at the number one pick with all this Will Levis nonsense yesterday with the fact that some Redditor claimed that he's telling all his friends and family Carolina is going to pick him with the first overall pick. I'm not buying that, but it's just funny that that massively changed his odds to go one. Bryce Young's still a pretty heavy favorite, but I mean, to go from plus 4,000 to plus 400 overnight, it's kind of like, I don't know if Vegas is just playing games. Maybe they have no clue what's going on just like we do. I, I I don't even know what to think. It's just there's been so much speculation for so much time now. I think we're all just waiting for it to finally start so we can just shut up and find out where these guys are going to be playing next year. Yeah, and I I'm that's what makes this draft in specific so exciting to me. It's not I get a lot of people say what you want about the talent levels in this draft. I mean, um obviously it's not necessarily up to par as of recent. Um, sorry, compared to recent drafts, but like, I think the whole I- idea being behind how intriguing and how wide open this draft is, it, it's going to make it almost better than, than the other drafts, which is crazy. It's because we saw guys like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, like there's been some great drafts that have come out as of recent, but there hasn't been one draft that has been this wide open like we're seeing nfl gms like terry fontenot the 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 falcons gm came out the other day and said this is as unpredictable as i've ever seen a draft right and what what say you could obviously take that with a grain of salt because you know what i mean they could be not showing their cards but it seems to me that even look at the the consensus board right you got you got top guys like mel kuyper dane brugler matt miller they are all dropping these mock drafts and they seem to have picks that are like usually you have some crossover picks but outside of the the Bryce Young at the top they really don't have that many similar picks and that to me tells tells us at least that that we're in for a real sort of roller coaster night come tomorrow and and it could start right away right like we both mentioned Bryce Young is probably the only shoe and pick in this draft everything else it could be just an absolute crap shoot and that from a from a fan standpoint is all you could ask for yeah I mean we're gonna do our top 10 mocks both of us later on in the show and I don't know I think there's a very good chance that I or one of us go one one for 10 when when you know it's all said and done and, and we look back at these Every single team, I'm like, okay, are they going to go this guy? Are they going to go this guy? They could shock and go in a totally different direction. The fact that there's sort of four, maybe five first-round quarterbacks, but at the same time, some teams feel like there's maybe only one or two first-round quarterbacks in this draft. You just have no idea who's on whose board. you got teams like Seattle. Do they need a quarterback? Nah, they just signed Geno Smith to a big extension, but at the same time, wouldn't hurt to add a guy for the future. But at the same time, like, which teams like Anthony Richardson? Which teams think he's a total project? There, there are so, so, so many question marks. 
Um, but I guess at the end of the day, we just have to be fans. Sit down on the couch Thursday night and wait and see. Miami doesn't even have a pick till pick 52, and I'm still pretty hyped. The draft doesn't quite hit the same for me as when it did when we were obviously tanking and rebuilding yeah, and picking uh, Tua yes. and Jalen Waddle and all those guys. But still very, very excited to watch it unfold. Um, it should be a great, great event. And uh, we'll see what happens after Bryce Young is a Carolina Panther. Yeah, and I genuinely have no option. I, I genuinely have no idea. And I always consider myself to have like a solid grasp on what exactly is going to happen. So um, for me to come out and say I genuinely don't really have a clue, um, it says, says a lot. Because I, I think what's gonna, you're, you, what you're going to see is some people will get the position right. But the player will be wrong, right? Because I think we're we're looking at a draft here where because there it lacks that high end talent, like outside the top five players in this class. I think you're going to see teams' boards very different, mm-hmm. right? When you look at the offensive linemen, for example, like there's going to be guys that have Darnell Wright as their top guy, even though Paris Johnson is the consensus top tackle, right? Or Broderick Jones and and even the cornerbacks, right? I know Devin Witherspoon is the odds-on favorite to be the first cornerback selected, but it wouldn't shock me if a guy like Joey Porter Jr. jumps up draft boards and teams be like, look, Devin Witherspoon might be the quote-unquote number one corner, but we think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be better in two years, so why not just take him ahead of him? And I think you're also going to see that with the receivers too. Like, I know everyone wants to say, oh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be the first receiver taken. I'm not saying that that Jigba is slow, but we see all the time what, what happens with these wide receivers. These fast, shifty, twitchy wide receivers usually tend to get a little bit overdrafted, and I'm talking about Zay Flowers, right? So there's, there's so much, there's, there's so many different directions that the draft could come in um, or sorry, could go in on Thursday night, and and uh, I mean, if you can't sense our excitement, I I don't know, I don't know if you could uh, sense a a candle in a room, you know. So I'm I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, Thursday night's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I, I call it a Cleveland Farrell pick, and I think we might be in store for one of those. I'm not necessarily gonna say it's gonna be that high, but I'm with you. Like I could very well see, you know, first. Whatever, like even last year was a bit of a shock with with Drake London being the first wide oh, receiver yeah. off the board. I don't think there was as big of a disparity as you know when I look at every mock draft. It's always Jackson Smith and Jigba that's coming off first. But I mean, you just you never never know. So many times teams have just stunned us. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll keep it rolling, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens Thursday night. I want to get back into the Texans a little bit more. I know we talked about them briefly off off the top. I'm not even going to bother looking at the odds. I feel like it has fluctuated so, so much between, you know, Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, Will Levis was the favorite for a little bit. It seems like if they are going to take a quarterback, like is Will Levis now the guy? I don't know. I personally think it should still be C.J. Stroud over him. I can understand why a team would fall in love with a quarterback prospect like Will Levis, though. Big, athletic, massive arm. I mean, not everyone's Josh Allen, but if a coach feels like he can develop a big talent, you can certainly see him going down that path. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, what are they What are they doing here? Because you mentioned going back into next season with, with Davis Mills. To me, that feels like an ultimate tank job. You know, Davis Mills has done 
a decent job with what he's had in, in Houston, but I don't think anyone thinks he's a franchise quarterback. Maybe they're looking towards next year, Caleb Williams, Drake May. I, I just don't quite know. The Texans have, have just lacked stability. They've had, what, three head coaches in three years. Doesn't it just feel like you're picking two? You never quite know if you're going to get to pick this high again. Why not just take the quarterback? Like, if they were picking first overall, which, let's be honest, they should have been. If it weren't for... They're literally 30 seconds yeah. away from drafting Bryce yeah, Young. If it weren't if for Lovey Smith, you know, giving the double birdie to this organization on the way out, his, out the door, because, I mean, I think he knew he was gone. Oh, yeah. Going for two to win in week 17, they would have the first overall pick. You're telling me if they were sitting first overall... They would be passing on a quarterback. I, I I don't fully understand the school of thought, but who do you think it, the Texans are going to be uh, calling tomorrow night? Well, if we're looking at the odds now, it's been Tyree Wilson at the top for quite some time now. I want to say about a week or so. Uh, so he still sits at the favorite as at plus one twenty five. Will Leff is his second at plus two fifty. Will Anderson is third plus three hundred. Then you got C.J. Stroud, who was the original favorite, um, and he's sitting at plus four thirty. Right, so. I mean, when it comes to what are they going to do, I touched upon it earlier. I genuinely think they're not going quarterback in that situation. Is that what I would have done? No shot. Um, but, I mean, look, if, if, if we're talking, if we really want to dig just a little bit deeper here, and I don't want to give up too much with, with what we think is going to happen because we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Um when it comes to our top 10 mock drafts, but I think there could be a slight possibility that Houston is one of those teams. I mean, picking at 12, maybe if the right guy falls, which who knows? Because if you're talking about, other than Bryce Young, there's like so much bad press that came out like with all these quarterbacks that just came, I mean, in the last two, three weeks. Like obviously Will Levis has sort of, now, from the media, it seems like that Will Levis is the quarterback, too. But you talk about C.J. Stroud, like his his cognitive test that came out, like, oh, he scored 19%. Or like Anthony Richardson, oh, teams are unsure of, of how exactly he's going to work in all the first two years as a starter and this, that. And then Will Levis, you have the the, the mayo and the coffee stuff, right? <laughs> not, that, not, not that that matters, but hey, that's a little bit weird. So um, <laughs> you got you get... Three quarterbacks like that, like what's saying that Houston isn't maybe being the, the mastermind behind that? I don't know how smart Houston is, but it would be pretty pretty smart to maybe take the best defensive ta- prospect and then maybe use that 12 pick to move up and get someone. I don't know. Maybe I'm just throwing stuff out there, but um, if if I was a betting man, maybe I would look into whatever that whatever that costs, but... Back to what I think they're going to do at two. I really, I really do think they're going to go either Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. I think they're completely off the quarterback, and um, it's a it's a slippery slope to go because um, if you don't get one come around twelve or or in any other way, you're really willing to go with Davis Mills again. I get it is a tank job, right? It's a tank job, and I mean, sure, yeah, Caleb Williams, Drake May looks nice next year, but it's a tough sell on the fan base if if they got to go and they already get. 150 fans so I don't know how I don't know how many of those 150 fans are going to come back to watch Davis Mills in the same gang minus Brandon Cooks who they just moved so it's pretty much the same offense that was picking number one overall until Lovey Smith went for two in weeks 18 but um, 
Yeah, it's, it's an intriguing spot. And like you said, it goes back to the whole uncertainty thing. We're talking about a draft that's right away, right at number two. It's boom. It's it's all hell's break loose. Yeah, um, I don't know. The, the one thing I'll say is, like, quarterback is not a position you mess with. You want to get the guy that you love. And the fact that you suggested maybe waiting till 12 or trading back in suggests that, like, are they con- are they one? Are they content with two or three guys, or do they not like any of them? And maybe they want to avoid them altogether. Like, what if Anthony Richardson is their guy, but he goes at seven, and then it's just CJ Stroud available for them at twelve? Like, are they gonna be like, okay, we don't like CJ Stroud? That's what I'm wondering with Houston because to me, if they had one single guy in mind, they would take him at two, at two. no matter what. Yeah, when you want a quarterback, you take him, and that's why I think each year. We see these quarterbacks fly off the board. You know, 2021, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, 49ers move up Trey to get Lance. Trey Lance. Like, one, two, three, bang. I I just, for whatever reason, and, and I'm no insider, but I have this hunch that we're going to get some guys sliding this year. Nobody, nobody, nobody saw Malik Willis falling into the third round last year. Everyone thought the Lions, when they traded up to draft Jameson Williams, were going to draft, you know, they traded up to get Malik Willis. Then the Steelers came on at, at pick 20. I think the Seahawks passed on him four times. Yeah. And everyone was like, okay, this is the time he's going to go. This is the time he's going to go. Eventually, he goes to Tennessee, a team that no one really expected him to go to because they already had a quote-unquote starting quarterback. I think... With at least one or two of these quarterbacks, we're going to see them go to teams like that. Minnesota, Washington. I'll even throw Tennessee in there again because Malik Willis, I mean, the example I used didn't really exactly work out in his rookie year. I know he's still young. Um, The one sleeper I'm going to throw out is the Atlanta Falcons. And if they know what's good for them, they'll look into the quarterback position. But they don't know what's good for them. I don't know if they know what's good for them. they They got... This Bijan Robinson. Yeah, let's stuff. let's act, let's honestly just get into that now. Like, they're picking at eight. I have pounded the table for this for so so long. Listen, Saquon Barkley is a phenomenal phenomenal player, all pro caliber running back. To me, looking back, the fact that he went second overall is ridiculous. I think you you limit your team so much by taking a running back so high in the draft. And, and that's that's if you're a good team. A team like Atlanta has so, so many holes. I don't know. I I couldn't believe when they were the odds-on favorite for Bijan. Then I read some reports that they're actually interested in them. Like, is this a serious thing? They're actually going to take a running back. With the, the holes that they have on this roster, add someone to your defense. Bolster up the old Add a quarterback yeah. if he's there on the board. You're like you're telling me you're gonna take a quarter you're gonna take B. John Robinson, who who is awesome. Like we're talking talent. B. John Robinson is maybe up there with the best best guys in this in this draft. But like you're projecting, right? So would you rather fifteen years of a quarterback or or ten years of a defensive lineman or ten years of an offensive lineman or four years of a running back, right? And then you're gonna pay the guy and he's going to eventually run out of gas because that's just how the running back position works. Like, again, I don't mean to to, to harp on, on Bijan Robinson because Bijan Robinson is such an awesome player, but it's just a losing formula. If you're drafting a running back in the top 10, 
Like, for example, everyone mocking Bijan Robinson to the Eagles, that's not happening either. The Eagles are way too smart. I think that might happen. No, it's not. I guarantee you, I will bang the table. I, I am willing to... I am so, so confident that Bijan Robinson will not go 10 because that is not the way the Eagles See, operate. It's to not, me, that's allowed. They are allowed to Maybe. Maybe you can, you can get me around to maybe convincing me that Bijan Robinson at 10 is, is a smart thing. But I'm telling you right now, Philadelphia will not do that. It, they won't. The, the one thing I'll say about Philadelphia, they don't have a lot of other needs. Yes, you can always get younger at O-line. You can always add another corner. And that is what great teams do. Great teams fill the need before they need that And Philadelphia's and, done that forever. Yeah, look what they did. You know, they got Landon Dickerson. They got Nicole Dean last year. J, uh, um, the defense tackle out of Georgia they took last yeah, year, too. Yeah, uh, was Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Like, those are three positions that they just got weaker in this offseason. And it's like, oh, we just drafted three players in these three positions last draft. They had a year where they had to develop. They weren't asked to do as much as maybe other rookies. And now they're ready to become starters. Very, very smart by Philadelphia last season. The one thing I'll say, though, I think it is hard to not salivate a Jalen Hurts and Bijan Robinson offense. Yeah. With that O-line up front. Like, you're talking about the team in the NFL that probably already has the best rushing offense getting five times better with a talent like this. So that is one thing I'll say. Maybe, I, maybe I'll allow it. Maybe I won't give it an F if you take a running back in the first round. I would still like to see them trade down if that's the case. The Atlanta Falcons are just... I, I, I don't understand the school of thought when you aren't you know, a, a playoff caliber team. And, and I'll share this little thing that I've learned over the last you know, 30 days as I've been preparing for this draft. We've been doing the draft countdowns on, on Instagram. Every single day I've gone on online and I've looked at, okay, let's, it's 18 days to the draft. Who has been picked 18th overall the last 10 years, you know, and so on and so forth. I've noticed that, like, for example, I've gotten to, I think it was pick 10. Todd Gurley is one of them. And he was only picked like six years ago. And I was like, wow, like Todd Gurley's already hit his prime and is out of the league. Just, just in that short span. And I've noticed other players at that same pick who are like still in their prime. Yeah, right. And they're at a different position. Defensive end. Left tackle, like those positions just last so, so much longer in the NFL. And, you know, eight years from now, we're going to look at this this draft class and some guys are just going to be at an all-pro level and, and B. John Robinson is, is, you know, it might be out of the league already. And again, that's just how the running back position works, which is why I am willing to bet. Like if we're talking about, is there a chance that B. John Robinson goes in the top 10? I, I genuinely don't think so. Unless we're talking Atlanta, which is so blasphemous. I hope they are not stupid enough to do such a thing. I think there's no shot. I, I genuinely don't think Bijan Robinson is going to be a top 10 pick because everyone goes off Philadelphia. I'm telling you right now, I just don't see it with Philadelphia. There's, they are too smart for you to convince me that they are willing to spend a top 10 pick. And I get it, what you just said. They have no other holes, but that's the whole point. They have no other holes. So... Let's just draft a guy who we can develop and not, we don't have to expect so much from him at first. Like they got Hassan Reddick on expiring deal next year. I think he's got one or two years left. He's not getting any older either. So there's a guy like Nolan Smith, perfect player to just develop. And then when Hassan Reddick comes up his contract, you don't have to pay him. Nolan Smith steps right in, right? Skaronsky, 
They have a whole lot guard. I get it. It's tough to take a guard at 10. But again, are you willing to take a 10 to 12-year guard or a four-year running back? To me, I am telling you right now, I will bite my words if I'm wrong. I'll come on the show whenever we do the, the, the post-draft show, and I will say that I was wrong. But I, I seriously do not think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go beat John Robinson. I think there's no chance that that's what they're going to do. It's either going to be Nolan Smith, an edge rusher, or an offensive lineman, right? Whether that's Nolan Smith or a guy like Van Ness or someone else, Miles Murphy, whatever you say, the Eagles build their team properly. And there's a reason why they are constantly um, competing and they constantly have amongst all the other NFL teams, one of the best rosters. And that's because they show up the trenches in the draft. They, they draft for needs, but not necessarily needs right this moment, right? They project, they project. So they see, oh, okay, this guy's on expiring contract in a year. Let's draft his replacement now so we can develop him for a year. And then he's ready to go jump in right now, right away as in, in, in year two. And that's exactly what they did with Jordan Davis. And I expect him to do that um, this year. So I guess with that being said, the best part of the show, the part that I was so, so excited to go, uh, so, so excited to do, and that is our top 10 mock drafts. Oh, baby. How do you want to do this? You want me to go or you want to go 10-10? I feel like that's probably easier to follow along. 10-10 and then go all the way up to one? No, no. Like uh, I just do my 10 then you just do 10 instead of alternating. Or do you want to just yes. alternate? Do, yeah, 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 yeah. You do your 10, then I'll do my 10. Want me to start first? Yes. All right. This is, this is the POC mock. POC draft <laughs> 1.0. I said it earlier, I think there is a very good chance this is a 1 for 10 complete miss, but I have fun doing it. Um, let's get right into it. With the first pick, the Carolina Panthers. This is an easy one. If you don't have Bryce Young at the top of your mock draft, you have not been paying attention to what's being said the past couple of months. I just read yesterday, Frank Reich and Scott Fitter have come to a consensus. I feel like that has been brewing for a long time. Sounds like Bryce Young is going to be the pick. Seems like probably the most pro-ready, most polished. Size is obviously a big concern. But, hey, there's another Alabama QB that's uh, pretty small that looks like he's pretty <laughs> solid as long as he can stay healthy. And I do think Bryce Young is a very similar player to Tua. Bryce Young's off the board at number one. Number two, the Houston Texans. This is where, you know, blank hits the fan. I don't know who it's going to be, but I got Will Anderson. You told me he's plus 300. That's wild with what we've been being told for the past five months. When it comes to the draft and all these rumors, I love to block out the sort of last week of stuff. I think there's always nonsense filled in that week. I'm going to go with the guy that we've been told is the best for so long, and that's Will Anderson. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals. You you have to think that the Cardinals have just mismanaged this whole situation. Maybe there actually is no interest, but for Adam Schefter to say that six teams came calling for that draft pick, the fact that they haven't moved it yet, the fact that it doesn't sound like they're going to move it when they're on the clock tomorrow, I have them staying put. I have them taking Tyree Wilson. I mean, not a bad pick. You can never go wrong drafting a defensive end. It's, in my opinion, a top three Position in terms of importance on a football team, and that defense is flat-out garbage. So they add Tyree Wilson, get some help in the pass rush. Indianapolis at four. Another team, similar to Houston. They need a quarterback. I don't know if they know that. No one really knows what the heck they're doing. Are they going to trade up? Are they going to trade down? 
I have them taking a quarterback in this scenario. I have them taking Mr. Mayonnaise in the coffee, Will Levis at number four. Jim Mersey likes a big, powerful, strong-armed quarterback. That's what they're going to do. Seattle at five. This is the spot where I think maybe the Anthony Richardson hype starts. Maybe there's a chance he goes there. He develops behind Geno Smith. But I do see them having a very, very hard time passing on Jalen Carter. He goes off the board at five. The Detroit Lions come in at number six. They took Jeff Okuda a couple years ago. It did not work out. Corner remains a big need. They go Devin Witherspoon. And Raiders followed up with another corner in Christian Gonzalez. I think you can sort of flip those two. But I'm going to say Witherspoon to the Lions. Gonzalez to the Raiders at number seven. Number eight. This is where I had a very hard time not putting Bijan Robinson. If it was me, I would absolutely not do it. This is my plea to Terry Fontenot and the Atlanta Falcons. Don't be stupid. Take a position that impacts your roster for the foreseeable future, not just next year, but for the next 10 years. I have them taking Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia, bolster that defense. The Chicago Bears traded down from one. They need so, so much help on the offensive line. I have them going Paris Johnson, Ohio State guy. Pair him with former Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. But I love what you said. Would not surprise me if this is Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones, Peter Skaronsky, Osiris Torrance. Like I think we could really see, especially at offensive offensive line, a guy who no one expected to be the first one off the board. And at number 10, this is where I really spice it up. The Houston Texans trade back up. With the Philadelphia Eagles, Houston gets ahead of division rival Tennessee to select a quarterback, and that quarterback is C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. That's the Pock draft. One for ten. Book it. I like the Pock mock. That was, yeah. that was a good name. And you know what? That was an even better draft, Pock. I, I love it. And, I, and I'll jump right into mine. And we're talking about at the top of the draft, Carolina. Like I said, I'm not going to say the pick, but I will. Bryce Young. If you haven't, if you don't have Bryce Young, like Puck said, you must be in hibernation, right? Yeah. And you got to wake up because the draft's in 24 hours. So Carolina, Bryce Young off the board right away. Houston, I got these next two picks, same exact guys, but just flip-flopped. I have the Texans taking Tyree Wilson, and I have the Arizona Cardinals going Will Anderson Jr. So my top three, Bryce Young, Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson Jr. At four with the Colts, we got the exact same pick. I got Will Levis. It just seems like a pick that Jim Irsay will bang the table for. He wants, like you said, a big, strong-armed quarterback. Um, and, and that's Will Levis, right? Say what you want about, about who you think is better between him, CJ Shroud, Anthony Richardson. But he's got tools, right? He may lack in the most, I don't want to say the most needy sort of tool chest in, in the accuracy department. But there's still a chance that he could become a very good pro, right? And you're willing to bet on, on a guy with those traits. So I'm willing to take uh, Will Levis with the Colts there. You got Seattle. I think if Jalen Carter is there, they're running to the table. I think that's going... You're going to see... You know how they have like the 10-second the or 10-minute yeah. on the clock? I think they're going to have to pick in within the first 20 like Detroit seconds. last year, and then they got mad at them. Yeah, yeah right? I, yeah. Think, I think that's what we're going to see here um, with Seattle and Jalen Carter. So I'll have him slotted in at 5 I have Devin Willerspoon also going to the Lions. I think he's just everything that they want um, at corner. 
Um, seven, I have the first, I have the next quarterback going off the board. I don't necessarily think the Raiders are eyeing a quarterback at seven, but I think if the right one falls, I think they'll be willing to pounce. And that's CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud, um, in Vegas, let him sit a couple years behind Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's a perfect fit. Um, eight, like you, I have a team moving up, except even though I hinted on it earlier in the show with the Texans, I got Tennessee moving up. Um, with the Falcons, and I, the reason why I picked the Falcons is because I think the Falcons really want B. John Robinson, so I think they're just going to move down maybe 12 and be like, oh, we didn't draft him in the top 10, so it's fine. I think the Falcons are going to move up and take B. John Robinson, you know why? Because they're that, that, that's yeah, why. Yeah, that's, I mean, look, it won't, it won't surprise me because it is the Falcons, but I got the Titans moving up with the Falcons to take Anthony Richardson at 8, so that's my trade-up, similar to Pac. I think they're going to, you, you could see in the, that 8 to 10 to 11 range, I think you could see maybe a team move up to take a quarterback if the right one is available. Um, and like I alluded to earlier, I have Darnell Wright going to the Chicago Bears at 9. I think he's young. He's athletic. Um, I could see why a team would be willing to gamble on him as the top offensive line prospect. And I think the Chicago Bears are, are willing to do that. And number 10, I got the Philadelphia Eagles, who will not be taking a running back. I think they are going to go Nolan Smith if he's there, and that would be a home run pick. So we're talking Cat and Pock top 10 mocks. Oh, that was good. That was a good run. That was no? a good finish, yeah, and I, I liked it. I liked the picks. Um, we were sort of similar in, posi- in position. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll see what happens Thursday night. Um, we could be batting some- 100. If we bat 100, then we'd, we'd get sent down to the minors. We'd have to have two guys, yeah. <laughs> two new guys on the show. That, that that would be very Pat rough. Pat and cock. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> that came off a little bit weird, but you get what I'm saying. So um, that is it for today. Uh, I mean, if you if you want the rest of our top, uh, our, you want the rest of our mock drafts, we will be posting those Thursday night on the Instagram page, um, and that will be along with some other um, CTB employees, and we'll see who does uh, does it best. But yeah, we got our fan mock coming today, depending on when you hear it. Um, that was fun to administer. That was awesome. Um, I'm excited to see. And, I, and I'm excited 24 hours. Like, I can't believe we are just a day away. Um, I hope you guys have whatever you guys have planned for the draft, whether that's draft parties, whether that's just watching it at home. I mean, you whatever you do, I hope you guys have a fantastic night. I know Pac and I are going to have an awesome night. Um, maybe we'll do some live stream after the first round, which is what we did last year. Um, so if you guys want to hear, see that and, uh, let us know. And again, if you, if you reached the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Um, we appreciate all the support that you guys have shown us, um, this past year and it's been awesome. It's been such a fun time. Um, me and Pac are looking forward to, this is what episode 28. We're looking forward to making this episode a thousand and twenty eight one day. So, um, thank you guys all for sticking around. Um, I hope you guys are as excited as we are for Thursday night, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Yeah, guys, enjoy the draft. Thanks for tuning in, and and I'll give a special shout-out to all those fans who have had tough NFL seasons watching their teams. I remember when Miami took Tua, how excited I was. So enjoy Thursday night because it's a very, very special time. Probably, honestly, my most memorable moment. I know that's sad to say. Probably my most memorable moment as a Dolphins fan is when they drafted the quarterback of the next generation. So if your team's in that situation and it's been rough, you know, kudos to you for sticking it out. Exciting times are ahead and enjoy Thursday night. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we will see you next time. See you guys.